This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon on vacation this week. We hope he's having a nice time. It's time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, NBA All-Star, Jazz great, our good friend Mark Eaton. Mark, how are you? Thanks for a few minutes. You bet, Jake. Great great to be with you today. Hey, we uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Um, we have Chris Mannix, uh, who writes for Sports Illustrated, on our show once a week on Monday, and we really enjoyed the, the uh, piece he did involving you on Rudy Gobert. I thought it was great. How did you think it turned out? Yeah, I thought it turned out well. Um, I thought it was an interesting article and uh, made some good points and uh, kind of a fun little piece. So uh, Rudy's been good for my PR. You know, none of those guys call me anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> it was well, fun to talk to him. Well, it's natural that uh, that he would identify with you, of course, Mark. And uh, talk about your relationship with Rudy. Do you guys talk often? Does he does he come to you for advice? Does uh, he just uh, as event? Do you guys have a good relationship? Um, you know, mostly it's just been texting back and forth, especially this last year, because you really can't get together. And, you know, it's uh, I think to even be around a player, you probably have to have 14 COVID tests. But uh, the uh, you know, it's it's mostly just words of encouragement. And, you know, I I, uh, I, I reached out to him last year after the whole uh, beginning of the COVID, uh, you know, shutdown and just said, hang in there, buddy. It's skittle past. And. Um, things like that. And then, and then when I see him, you know, out on the court and he looks like he could use a little word of encouragement, I'll send him a little note and he always responds and we chat for a little bit. But uh, that's been what it's primarily been like. But in years past, we've gone to lunch and done other things when, when we could actually do those kinds of things. You know, I felt a little bit for Rudy last night. Um, you know, he made a mistake at the end of the game. Uh, D'Angelo Russell got a layup. I, I loved his response after the game where he took full accountability, said he made the mistake. He wasn't shy about it. He was he was very honest, as, as Rudy always is. But how frustrating is it for a defensive player where you make the right play all night long, game after game after yeah. game, and the play that everybody talks about is the one time you made a mistake. I'm sure you can identify with that a little bit well i can and 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 i've talked with him about that about really kind of thinking about patrolling the paint as as much as you're guarding an individual man and and last i don't know where the heck he was going like that like uh anthony towns was no threat out there at the three-point line as far as i was concerned it was like let's take care of the basket first and foremost and all of a sudden you know everybody's out guarding their man looking at their man and everyone forgets the the main purpose of defense, which is to guard the basket. And so that was, that was frustrating, especially after losing the game on Saturday. And uh, it was just a, you know, it's been a, a rough few days for the team, but hopefully they'll bounce back. So I want, I want to ask you about uh, Rudy Gobert's development. Um, we, we talk a lot about how much better he's gotten in his career, but specifically talk about his technique as a defensive center. How, how far has he come from that standpoint? 
I think he's matured quite a bit in that regard. And um, and I think it was an adjustment for him coming into the NBA, you know, growing up playing more Euro-style basketball where it's a lot more zone. And uh, and I don't think he, you know, in, in defenses, I not emphasized as much in international ball as it is in the, in the NBA. Uh, and so I've, it's been fun to kind of watch him grow into that and start to understand his role as the five man, as the anchor of the defense and the last line of defense. And it's not about just guarding your man. It's about uh, cutting off uh, guys tr- attempting to get to the basket, stopping the penetration, forcing him to do one more thing, whether it's a pass or an off-balance shot. And uh, he's really taken that on. Uh, that's been kind of fun to watch. And I, and I think his teammates now count on him to be there for them so they can go out and try and steal the ball or, you know, uh, be a little more aggressive defensively, defensively in the passing lanes because they know that he's back there for them. Mark Eaton is with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, I know they lost a couple here to the Timberwolves recently, but overall this year, Mark, how have you felt about this Jazz team and the way Coach Snyder has them playing? It's been fun to watch. Uh, what a what a run it's been, and uh, and I know they've hit a little bit of a you know some challenges here with injuries, et cetera, the last uh, week or two. But uh, in general, uh, they've really come together as a team. I think that the trust level and and the rapport between the teammates out on the floor, the communication that uh, they have with each other, and that was something else I've talked about Rudy with Rudy with over the years, is just talking to his teammates out there on the floor, especially at defense, but. Uh, it's been fun to just see them kind of come together. And I think they'll get through this rough spot. And I'm actually kind of glad they're having this rough spot now rather than 10 games from now uh, because it gives them a chance to kind of go through that wall, which every team does, and kind of rebuild and regroup and, and build some momentum going into the uh, into the playoffs. You, you hit on something there, Mark, and um, I, I bet this is something that you talk about a lot when uh, applying to business and some of the things that you've done speaking and that sort of thing. But how do you turn adversity into working into your favor? Well, I think you have to recognize it for what it is. Like, you can never get too high after a win or too low after a loss. And it's about consistency and um, building habits that you can recreate on a daily basis. And so, uh, you know, there's some days the shots aren't going to go. There's some days you're going to throw the ball all over the gym like happened on Saturday. And uh, you just have to regroup. And you can't, you can't get too down about it. And um, so uh, it's the same, you know, it's the same thing in business. Like it, tomorrow's a new day. There's another game. There's another opportunity. There's another sale to be made. And, uh, and that's where you have to approach it as an NBA player because you'll go crazy otherwise. You can get yourself in a – a real deep funk uh, that you can't get out of otherwise. And so you, you count on your teammates with that. And I think we've seen the Jazz do that and be pretty resilient in that regard most of the season. What do you think about the evolution of the game uh, now, Mark, where the Jazz set a franchise record last night with 57 three-point attempts? What a ludicrous number. Did you ever think we'd get that, get to something like that? Uh, no, never. It's a, uh, it's uh, interesting to watch, you know, because the, the inside game, which we always thought was the number one thing, inside out was always the rule of, of thumb, uh, is, is completely turned on its head. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's great when everything's going well and the shots are falling, and it's kind of challenging sometimes when, to see the team come down and kind of keep casting them up with the confidence they're going to start falling at some point. 
but um, I'm, I'll be interested to see what adjustments they make when you're when you're playing a team in the first round of the playoffs and you've got a few days to prepare for one team, then then the defense on the other side can get a lot smarter, a lot more creative than you can during the regular season. And uh, you've got to have those those counterbalances uh, from from that standpoint. But it's I mean, it's fun to watch when they're all falling, that's for sure. But I can also hear Jerry Sloan talking in my ear at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, oh, my gosh. What are you guys doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> Is the NBA losing some of the, you know, the kind of toughness of the game that uh, used to be so prevalent, speaking of Jerry? Well, I think the game's just evolved. And, uh, and clearly the NBA is, has focused on improving scoring. Uh, you know, they always come up with rules that seem to hamper the defense a little bit intentionally to improve the scoring because that, they know that's what people want to see. Uh, so it's and the players are more specialized. They have more skill. I mean, you look at what Steph Curry's done last week or so, and these guys take one step over half court. They're in range where, you know, in our era that was considered a real lie, a real flyer, and you'd likely have, be sitting on the on the bench next to your coach after a shot like that. Um, but it's <laughs> the skill level is just continues to increase, and I'm, I'm blown away. Guys like Jokic and others that just can do so much stuff on the floor. You're just it's mind-numbing at times to look at that from a skill standpoint and say, uh, you know, how can a guy be that good? So, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you know, and, and I got to admit the the old-school basketball fan in me uh, loves Rudy Gobert's game because he's got a bit of that throwback, right? And, and he's got a little of that toughness and protect the rim and uh, that kind of older, old-school mentality. I like that about him. Yeah, I do too, and I and I think he as he's gained more confidence. I think this year, even offensively, he's doing some much better things. He's, you know, he's communicating better with uh, the point guards. That's one thing I talked to him about years ago. Was like, you know, uh, pay attention to the point guard and make eye contact and have him throw you a couple of lob passes before the game starts, and uh, just just to create that connection before the game gets going. Uh, because as we've seen, it can pay off big in terms of dunks. And I think the last time I checked, he was leading the league in dunks. Uh, so that's been fun. And then even some of his offensive moves, it seems like he, I don't know if he worked with somebody last summer, but it seems like he has more confidence with the ball. And he seems to be finishing better than maybe ever in his career. Mark Eaton with us here on the big show, talking a little Utah Jazz basketball on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, give us your thoughts on the Jazz going into the playoffs. The Western Conference, Mark, is, is really deep. There's a lot of really good teams. You give them a, as good a chance as any to come out of that uh, melee and uh, maybe make a run? I, I do. And, you know, the Clippers and the Suns scare me. Uh, they're playing so well right now. And, uh, of course, the Jazz have got to play them, I think, later this week, the Phoenix Suns anyway. Um, you know, they're going to have to be on their A game, and they're going to have to find that form that was uh, there around All-Star uh, to to be able to tackle those guys and take them on. And uh, I can't – do I think it can be done? Yes. Do we have the horses to do it? Yes. Do we have the skill and the firepower? Yes. The coaching, et cetera. Um, but it's all about momentum when you hit the playoffs and all about who's playing well at that exact moment in the season and my hope is that they'll get through this little lull right now and bounce back and then start to build some momentum so that they're they're ready to go because i think that they're that you know being in the zone at that point in time is going to be really important for the jazz well mark thank you very much for carving out a few minutes for us we really appreciate it and uh look forward to having you back real soon you bet jake anytime
Thanks, Mark. The great Mark Eaton, NBA All-Star, author, speaker, restaurateur, uh, joining us. And I do like that about Rudy Gobert, that I, I think there is some old school, you know, Mark Eaton type attitude uh, with Rudy, where he really takes pride on on being that defensive stalwart and being tough. And I know Rudy's offense has has gotten along be- uh, has gotten a lot better, but I mean he's he's got the type of defensive presence that completely changes how teams play. And I think Mark Eaton did that a little bit or a lot, I should say, uh, during his career. And I think Rudy does have that uh, that kind of edge and that kind of toughness uh, about him. And I think uh, it's what part of what makes him really, really good. I, I think uh, Mark Eaton and uh, Rudy Gobert, these types of players, they're the closest thing basketball has to a goalkeeper okay. that, that soccer and, and hockey have. Uh-huh. Ho- hockey, of course, being a goalie, as Bill Puxley uh, could remind us. Gordon's guy, yeah. Uh, and when you're a little kid, you don't want to be the one that stuck his goalie on the soccer field or, or on the on the ice. You want to be out there scoring the goals and doing the cool stuff and and being the MVP of the season for all your offensive gifts. You don't want to be the guy that has to do the dirty work, the hard work, the the never praised and underappreciated always work. And I think Rudy Gobert has the right mentality that he can do those things and not have to be always constantly recognized now he's he does he's a professional athlete he does have an ego he needs to be praised for what he does but I think he's come so far in the last two seasons from where he used to be on how much praise he needs to keep playing at, at such a high level is that fair I think it's extremely fair and I'll, I'll add to it um and I again you're we're talking about a pro athlete so ego you know it's not like Rudy doesn't have ego but how much does ego does he have to set aside to to do his job, which feels uh, which feels kind of weird to say. I, I I'd liken it to, let me think here. I'd liken it to uh, a Hollywood screenwriter, right? Who writes a beautiful movie. I mean, eloquent plot development, character, all this stuff. Writes an incredible movie. Who gets the credit? The actor. The actor who slapped on some makeup and and memorized some lines. You know, be like, what what is Russell Crowe get all this credit for. I mean, all he's doing is is acting out my imagination and something that I created. You know, Rudy sits there. He's like, all I do is make up for mistakes and uh, and play defense and rebound and do all this unglamorous stuff that nobody wants to talk about. You know, yet the guy who scores thirty points, everybody's banging down his door to talk to him after the game, and I have to be asked about that one play where somebody (laughs) got a layup because I was a half step too slow. That's right. It's like the screenwriter who wrote the the Oscar winning movie, but then is criticized for the typo that made the actor flub his line. Right. Or 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 the actor improvs one word. You know, turns uh, us into a they or something like that. And they're like, oh, the brilliance of this actor. I mean, just the the improv. I mean, completely. All the credit for this great movie goes to this one actor. And uh, the who wrote that again? Who cares? You know? Yeah. And it and I think that in any walk of life, but especially as you noted, a professional athlete to put aside ego. When you have done your job and you have done the prep and you've done all this work and you've you've laid forth these things to make everyone that's around you look better and then they all get this love and praise yeah. and you don't, 
That's a hard, hard thing to accept. And, and we should say it's not like Rudy doesn't get any love. No, no, course, no, no. But but it not, you know, I don't think Rudy's accurately viewed by the NBA community for uh, as good as he is. I agree, Mannix. This season has been beating the drum of he should get some MVP consideration. But he's the only one. Sure. But he could have said that the last three seasons yeah. about Rudy and been just as accurate. I agree. But he's I, just now getting around so to it. Rudy kind of has to set that ego aside. And I bet you it's something he's had to learn to do, by the way, uh, over his career. But I, I always come back to something that Sean Bradley told me when I was chatting with him off the air, you know, when he did a show here for a brief period of time. And we were talking about how many posters he ended up on, how many sports cards that he ended up on. And it's tons. I mean, I, I bet you if you go back during his career and flipped through a you know, collection of tops cards or whatever. You'd find Sean on 15 different cards that aren't his own. Being posted up on, you mean. Being yeah. dunked on. Yeah. And and Sean, oh, he said, you could never worry about that. My job was to stop that dunk from happening. And was I 100% effective at it? No. Did they put the ones that I stuffed onto those basketball cards? Only my own. But I couldn't think about that. So many guys... You know, who was it? It was Carl Anthony Towns on Saturday that got out of the way of a dunk on a fast break. You see it in every NBA game where, like, if you go up and contest that shot at the rim, you may have a 10% chance of making it go in, but you've got a better chance at ending up on that guy's poster. There was a game. But you can't be afraid of that, you know? You, exactly. you have to set your ego aside and go, I don't care how many times it's going to be shown on SportsCenter. I'm going up to block that dunk. There was a game this season, Jake, where Rudy Gobert made, I think, the most impressive defensive play I've ever seen. And it, it was just kind of ho-hum because it wasn't ballyhooed or shown on SportsCenter or whatever, where he blocked two shots on essentially one jump against the Charlotte Hornets here in this building. Uh, he blocked one shot. It landed in the hands of Zeller, who then took 17 years. But Rudy, without even barely even coming back down to the floor, pivoted, turned to that side of the key, and blocked his shot as well. But you know what led the sport, the uh, ESPN app story that night? Lamelo dunking on Gobert. Yeah, right. I think it was Lamelo. But then that's just you got to you got to live with that kind of stuff. Right. You have to set aside your ego and go well. Somebody doing my job. And I think he has learned a lot how to do that better than he used to. I think so, too. And getting rewarded with a very nice contract helps. It does. Yes. You know, players are playing for their next deal, and whether you like it or not, the offensive stats are what make the cash. Now, not 100% of the time, or Rudy would not have gotten the sweet deal that he did. But um, who was it? It was uh, Jabari Parker, right, who said they don't pay you. For uh, for uh, playing defense? Yep. He said the quiet part out loud? He, he said all that out loud. No, I know, but usually they the players don't say oh, that type yeah. of thing. And in, in a and startling he was a free agent, I think. bout with uh, honesty. No, he was still with the Bulls was at he? the time, okay. I think. Or maybe he had just been traded. One or the other, but it was, his future was unstable. But some agent out there was like, hey, 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 hey. I got a lot of clients that dog it on defense, but put up a bunch of points to get paid. So let's not let's not talk about how uh, that dirty little secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jabari. Anyway, and yet Rudy got paid to play 
defense. Yes, he did. All right, coming up next, we'll do the second half of what's going on. Hanson Scotty had a good segment. We'll uh, play that for you straight ahead. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you want? You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. It's uh, half number two of what's going on today. Two. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, no Gordo, out on vacation. We hope he's having a good time, whatever it is he is doing. I don't deserve vacation. He may be. Uh, Let's get to our Hans and Scotty clip today, as uh, you can hear those uh, two, of course, from 10 to 2 every day here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Those two talk about uh, advice from Nick Saban. I always talk to players about, you know, I spent eight years in the NFL, so that means I spent, I sat through eight drafts, which meant it's not just a draft, it's two weeks of preparing for the draft, and then two more weeks of getting questions answered, and then two more weeks of preparing for the draft. So I'm talking about listening to a thousand draft reports, and I tell our players all the time, The two most compelling words in the draft report is and and but. All right, so they read the player, and I'll take a defensive back. He's got quick feet, change of direction, good long speed, can play man-to-man. He's a good tackler. He's got toughness. He's got really good ball judgment and really good ball skills. And he's a good person. He was a leader on the team. He graduated from school. Coaches loved him. Read the same player, but – he had a positive drug test. Uh, he had a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. He got a fight in a bar when he was a freshman. Strength coach said he wouldn't pick on him if he was on fire. Uh, who, who do you want on your team? And or but? Th- those are really great comments. And um, I do have a lot of respect for Nick Saban. You have to, as yeah. you mentioned. You have to. And you also really need to listen when he talks. Uh, you just, no matter how you feel about Alabama, and I'm sure that there's a, a lot of, you know, seedy underbelly to what's gone on over the years at Alabama. I get that. But well beyond him talking about that w- with professional athletes, a much more important level. And listen to me loud and clear, parents out there or aspiring high school athletes, much more important than collegiate to the NFL. It's high school to collegiate. It's getting the scholarship to play college ball or college sports. First of all, there's a a broader number of individuals trying to do that. So there's just there's more opportunity to screw up or more opportunity to be successful in that. Second of all, even in the NFL, 
the butts are going to get more opportunity than high school to college. Yeah. Because when you're, you know, a fifth-round draft pick and this guy is just flying over the field, he's got all of these things. He, he did have two positive drug tests and, and one weapons possession arrest. But the guy is a baller, and he's going to play on something. Kind of flips. Yeah, you're right. In college, going from high school to college, there are the elite five stars, and there's some elite four stars. But there is this group of tens of thousands of high school kids that are right on the line of he can play, but what are the other aspects that we're bringing to our team? Yeah. So I want all parents to understand. I've told this to I've got um, I've got some family right now that's got a couple of boys that are hoping to get recruited, and I've been very clear because these boys are going to be on the borderline of all of all physical measurements. You know, height, weight, hand size, all those things. They're just right there. What separates those individuals is the butts and the ants, just like Coach Saban talked about right there. So he's talking about draft. I'm talking high school to college. You want that scholarship? They are looking for every reason to say, man, we've got 24 guys that fit our height, weight, and skill set requirements. We've got 24 guys for this one scholarship that their film tells us that they deserve to be on our big board. We've got 24 guys that we believe could fill this role. Now, let's start narrowing them down. All right, well, this kid thought it would be really funny to tag a building with graffiti. This kid thought it'd be really funny to to vandalize somebody's backyard or to, to steal something out of a, I don't know, a Best Buy. Like, they'll go down the list. This kid decided school wasn't important enough, and he was suspended three times and failed in this area. This guy's right on the borderline of grades, and they just throw him out until they go down the line and they find the guy. that's He's got more ands than buts. That's how recruiting works. We had uh, – he was at Utah State. I'm sure the same probably holds uh, now that he's at Texas Tech. But we asked Matt Wells, have you, have you offered and withdrew an offer – based on a kid's social media account. And he said, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Said, yeah, I will I will monitor kids' social media, and if I see something on there that I don't like or doesn't align with our program and our values, I will pull that scholarship. And he said it happened more than once. Yeah. And that's not breaking the law. That's not doing anything. That's a person just looking and saying, I don't know if he's a fit with our locker room. Brandon Doman, you know, when he used to do the Cougar preview mm-hmm. show and, and, and help us out, when, when we were talking about BYU, he said – I would have players that I knew I could get to come to BYU and would come to BYU and would be athletically a big bonus for us at BYU, but I knew that they were not going to be able to make it at BYU. So I had to exclude them. And so I, mm-hmm. for for my own, you know, to help me out and to help them out, I didn't offer mm-hmm. because I knew it wouldn't work. They'd be great athletically, but they're not going to make it at BYU. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to offer them because it's going to waste their time. It's going to waste my time, and it's going to make all of us look bad. So why even why even go down that path? I mean, that's those are real conversations. And I mean, I even tell my own kids on social media, like, 
you're going to have, I mean, how many times does a kid get drafted, and we may even see it coming up on Thursday or Friday, some kid goes out in the first round, he's 21 years old, and somebody will pull a tweet that he wrote when he was 13 years old, when he was a dumb and, you know, just a kid. This is just barely pre-puberty and saying things that he hears at school and thinks are funny, and so he tweets them out, and people are going to look at those and going to say, look at what a bad fit he is. He's got hate in his heart. He's a bad person. When in reality, he just was a dumb idiot kid. Mm-hmm. Made it's some gonna, really naive. It's going to happen on Thursday and Friday. We'll comments. probably be end up talking about it with somebody. And so that's what I tell my kids all the time. And look, my kids aren't athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got their dad's genes, so they're try hard guys, but they're not going to go anywhere. But they're going to have other scholarship opportunities. They're going to have other business, oper- you know, employment opportunities. And guess and, what? They could screw those up just the same. Exactly. And don't think that the employers aren't doing a deep dive on who you are as a college graduate entering the workforce. They'll, they'll find your social media. They'll mm-hmm. dig through it because they want to see if, if you're going to be a fit in their organization. All right. There's Hanson Scotty. i talking about Nick Saban saying, uh, you know, be an and guy, not a butt guy. Um, it, it's, this is probably unfair, but I, I just find Nick Saban so easy to dismiss because it's, Everything he seems to say is like, yeah, that's easy for you to say. And and by the way, be an and guy, not a butt guy. I mean, that sounds so great on a bumper sticker or in a, like a motivational speech. But is it really reality? It does sound like a T-shirt. Yeah. So Nick Saban can pick any talented football player in the whole country that he wants. So he can get down to these these discernible things where he can be choosy. I mean, most coaches out there at the collegiate level and even at the pro level – can you ball or not? And part of me thinks that when you get into that, are you an and guy or a butt guy, then all of a sudden you're not giving people second chances. But let me give you an example. What if John Thompson had said, yeah, that Allen Iverson can play, but he got in a uh, brawl in a bowling alley and ended up going to jail for four months? Yeah, you, you'd miss out on a, a preeminent talent. The a number one pick in the draft. Yep. Mm-hmm. A Hall of Fame basketball player. What if... What if uh, what if Dean's or like uh, what if uh, yeah Dean Smith or or Phil Jackson, you know said uh, yeah Michael Jordan's a great player but he's a terrible teammate, and he's a gambling addict because Michael Jordan was a terrible teammate and a bad dad, punched Steve Kerr right in the face. Yeah, I'm with you. So uh, so I I don't know. That's easy to say, but in the end, you know we can say this this nice guys we want nice guys and all this stuff, but in the end, can you ball or not? I think you're right. I also think that uh, Nick Saban's words ring true to everyone that is not the Allen Iversons, Michael Jordans, LeBron James. I think they ring true to your uh, bench role player in college or high school who's trying to be the bench role player in college. I think they ring true there. But if you've got enough talent, everything you do wrong can be swept under the rug if you have enough talent. Let's say Nick Saban was recruiting Patrick Mahomes now, as talented as Patrick Mahomes is, like a no-brainer, best quarterback you've ever laid your eyes on. Do you think Nick Saban would care two bits if Patrick Mahomes uh, had graffiti in his background? Like he Hans robbed a right car there? wash. Yeah, do you think he would care for two seconds? Nope. No. And Hans did say there's probably some of that going on with these Alabama talents. Right. That gets overlooked. So it's kind of like I'm with you when Nick Saban says this stuff. It it's really hard for me to not dismiss that it's him, like like to not look past that it's him saying it, 
because I think he I think he's right. But when he says these things, I really have a hard time not rolling my eyes and going, "Easy for you, pal." Yeah. Do I do I take the five? If Jay Hill says these things, it carries more weight for me. Is that fair to right. say? I, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, uh, I, do I take the, the five-star guy that has a 4-0 or the five-star guy that has a 2-5? Well, I'll take the 4-0 guy if everything's equal. Yeah, but how many, how many schools out there have that luxury to say, I'm sorry, but uh, since you get C's and the other guy gets A's, I'm taking the other guy because you're both the best in the country. Well, not Alabama. You'd still get both of them. Yeah, you'd still get both of them. <laughs> one would true. start, though, and it's one wouldn't. No. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. We uh, want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. They've got their spring LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our producer, the talented Austin Horton, has an enemies list uh, because he's angry at a lot of people. It's someplace you do not want to find your name, yet we put people on it all the time. Austin, who's making the list today? Uh, Takashi Miyagawa is making the list. Shout out to Mikey Peterson for uh, the heads up on this one. Mikey was the, you remember that piece Gordon did about the jazz fan whose house burned yes, down? Yeah. Yes, yes. Mikey sent me this. Oh, cool. A Japanese man named Takashi Miyagawa has been arrested, more on that in a minute, after reportedly dating more than 35 women at the same time. Now, this is, you've heard of people dating more than one person at a time and juggling those. Yeah. It's never made sense to me. 35 seems like a big number. Sounds like a job. Yeah. I don't, but he, he did, but why? So you might do it because you can't make up your mind. You, you might just be a dirtbag, all of the above. But he had a very specific plan. He was doing this because he wanted to get gifts and money from as many people as he could as birthday uh, uh, gifts. So he told each and every one of these 35 women that his birthday was a different date of the year so that they'd give him a birthday gift and then he'd get a different birthday gift. What's there? 52 weeks of the year, 35 out of 52 weeks of the year, he'd get money or a gift. And what happened was one of them had a mutual friend of another and it, it all just unraveled so quickly on him and all 35 with the police, staged like an intervention with him, and he was arrested 
at the intervention. Arrested. So, and that's where, so also, not only does Takashi Miyagawa go on the list for being a, don't do that. Just don't do that. Just pick or don't. Do what Kevin Durant did. Be honest and say, I can't be with one person. That's like the one thing Kevin Durant's done that I've gone, you know what, All I right. don't agree with you, but at least you're telling everyone yeah, the yeah. truth. Uh, so he goes on the list for being a dirtbag. But also, this is against the law? Look, I, I disagree with it. I don't like it. What I think he should is be like shunned. A, is it like a fraud thing? I don't. I can't get because it's mostly in Japanese. I can't get to the bottom and the uh, other, of what the law states. But apparently, it's illegal to have more than one significant other in Japan. So I guess that that's where my my mind goes. What's the definition of dating here? Is he actually uh, putting in time? cultivating these relationships or is he just catfishing these women he's he's putting in a lot of time this wow. is face to face that is it worth it. <laughs> it it's kind of like in a sick way i'm 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 in awe of how he got away with it for so long because it's a lot of work yeah i would imagine Right, not not for a for a birthday present i mean like put that amount of energy into like i don't know a job and you'll be able to afford all the birthday presents you would want. Why do you need to uh, put the effort into cultivating 35 relationships? Yeah. That sounds terrible. It does say he used his position at work to begin each relationship. But so maybe there's something there on the law that I don't know. I don't know Japanese law, but apparently it's against the law. He's been arrested and uh, he goes on the list today. Sounds like a lot of work for a birthday presents. Well, one of them was a $2,000 Armani suit. Still. <laughs> Still. What would make it worth it to you, Jake? Well, just think how many times did you have to interact with these people to, to cultivate the relationship? Like, you know, you have to see 35 women once a week? Yeah. That's I mean, a, think of the amount of time and effort that's going into this whole thing. Or at, at very least every other week. You can't hold on to a girlfriend slash boyfriend that you if you're not seeing. Right. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's what I'm saying. If he's like catfishing. Maybe if you're deployed. But, but any other reason, it's like, no, I'll find someone else. Thanks. Yeah. It seems like unless it was some online scam, this would be really difficult to, to actually pull off. A hundred thousand yen total is, is what worth of gifts. So it was a 200 pound suit, not a 2000, but still. Yeah. A hundred thousand yen isn't as much as you No, think it's it is. Uh, 668 pounds so under under a thousand dollars yeah i think a hundred yen is roughly a dollar so but still so a 200 pound suit which is what 268 bucks or something like that right now how much value is there in the dollar compared to the pound i don't know but it's it's hundreds of dollars not thousands that was my mistake this 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 guy should put his scheming toward like a positive something or other it feels like this dude poured a lot of energy and into very little payoff. And he doesn't even have a cool story to tell in prison about why he's there. And he shouldn't be going to prison. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Although I mean, if a guy did this to my daughter, I'd want him to be in prison for his own safety from me. But, uh, yeah, dirtbag, I'm with you, you know. Not cool. Dis- dishonest. But I don't know if, I don't know if prison is where. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe payback. Although, women. Jake, goes back to our tar and feather idea. You know who's not going to do this anymore? Anyone in Japan that reads this story. Okay, I, I can come on board with you wanna, that. You want to date 35 women at once? You're going to prison. You know what you're not going to do? Date 35 women True. at once. I guess. All right, well, best of luck to that guy.
Hope hope those gifts were worth it. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Tuesday comes and goes. And, uh, uh, you know, Austin, we got through the show without uh, the phone call from my pregnant wife, so that's nice. One more day without uh, you rushing out in the middle of the show. Let's hope so. We got one more tomorrow. One more tomorrow. This now is this like talking about the perfect game in the eighth inning? Yes, so let's We shouldn't. Yeah, Yeah, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. Just, hey, you're... Pitching a hell of a game. Get out I'd, there. I'd really like to get. We were talking about this off the air, and uh, for those of you that don't, don't know, my uh, we are expecting a child any day now, and uh, any minute. I told uh, I told Austin. I said I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to go to bed at like eight. As soon as my three year old goes to bed, that's I'm going to bed. I'm putting I, her to bed, <laughs> and then I'm going to sleep. And I told Austin because this could be the last good night's sleep, the last opportunity to really. Sink my teeth uh, teeth into some some deep sleep for a long period of time for like what the next couple of years? Uh, maybe f- ten. Maybe because your your oldest is not that old. No, she's not. She's but still t- got some nights ahead of her. True, she is an angel. She sleeps well. Um, We're so lucky. This this I next hate you. I know this next kid next kid is not going to sleep for a decade <laughs> because of how good my first one is. So I'm just I'm just thinking like tonight I'm I'm going home. I'm going to go to sleep as early as I possibly can. Isn't it funny that uh, the night before you, you get married, you go out for one last hurrah? But it's a very, very different one last hurrah than second child one last hurrah. You know, see what I'm I saying? I agree. Yeah, yeah. You're no, going out different. on the town tonight if it's your night before your marriage, your wedding rather. But if it's the night before your second child arriving, you're going to bed. Right. For one last hurrah of sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> By the way, I'm so glad that that moving the say bachelor party away from the night before the wedding is becoming more than a thing. I get, like a wedding is stre- stressful enough. Who needs to be like blindingly hungover for that entire day? <laughs> I, I, now I'm not a drinker, you know, right. but I and I've I've never got that. Yeah. I've never understood that at all. Give yourself a week or so for your bachelor party Something. to to yeah. be slept off. Right. I don't want to be half a corpse reeking like a gin distillery while I'm saying I do. You know, it's supposed to be like a, a good moment. I'm happy, the whole thing. I don't want to be thinking about <laughs> how bad my head hurts and that I kind of need to vomit yes. as I'm trying to, you know, repeat the vows. <laughs> Those would be memorable vows, though. Because I, I they would be. I did. I, I went out. As you hurl into the potted plant to the right. We had the, the uh, what do they call that, the, the family dinner. Yeah, the yeah, rehearsal yeah. dinner, and then I went with a couple of my groomsmen to. We had one or two beers, and I went right home and went to bed because I didn't want to be in just ragged shape for my wedding. You you did have a, a go of uh, fun a few weeks ahead of time. Yes, we went we went out of town. We went to San Diego. We went to the horse track and had a great time. It was wonderful. But you didn't do that the night before your right. mar- your nuptials. Yeah, where you show up and you're all disheveled and you smell funny and you, you look know, like, like a shooter from Hoosiers at, uh, up there at the altar. Let's just get this over with because my <laughs> head is killing me. 
Father, did you bring any coffee? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to be that guy. But yes, tonight, exactly the opposite. I'm going to bed super early. I'm going to come light a firework off outside your bedroom Don't. window. You, no. Like those soccer fans. Do, yeah, do not do that, Austin. Do not do that. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. We will be back tomorrow uh, on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.